0: Get into something. Who knows what we're going to find? I know. So we're uh, we are on um, Isaiah six, and the first part of it is Isaiah's vision of the Lord. Okay. So see, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. So this tells us when it was. Yeah, I love when I love when Scripture tells us when it happened, what oh, happened, yeah. who it happened to, because it doesn't always.
1: <laughs> you have to read the the whole thing though. I'll never really he said Yeah, he slept
0: with his fathers. Oh, no, that means he died. He died. Wait, wait for it. <laughs> and was buried thing. in the place. Yes. <laughs> If he did that, he would be thrown out on the pile. <laughs> in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Okay, we've probably all heard this. Yes. Okay, this is where it's from. <laughs> and this is... Sometimes, so I don't know... like
2: in reference to the Lord, though, in
0: like song. Yeah, and... It's really funny, and I, I don't know.
1: It's in reference to the Lord here.
0: It is. This is a vision that he saw.
1: Upon a throne, high right. Up but
0: that. at and the same Lord. time, oh, I saw the Lord. yeah, it, it is about the Lord. I was looking at King. No, 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 it is about the Lord. But here's here's the that thing, though. I'm here's here's <laughs> the thing, and and I, I being honest, sometimes the more you know, the harder it is to do things. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like you know when I when I got halfway through my program at Fuller I I was and I know I've shared this before but I was talking to several of the women and I would go out to lunch during one of the classes that had like a lunch break or break between classes and I said I feel like I'm getting a critical spirit like I feel like I'm when I listen to different people teach or talk about things I find myself going oh I would not have said that ooh, you're using that illustration? <laughs> and and I said, and then I feel guilty because I'm like being nitpicky. And they said, don't feel guilty. That's what you're paying to be here to learn. They said, that means you're learning what you're supposed to be learning because you're starting to think, oh, I would do it this way. And that's what you need to know if you're going to teach. You've got to know how would you teach it. I'm like, okay. But... It, It makes it hard to sit and listen to people that I would be, you know, I I can't sit under the teaching of someone that I'm going, Oh, I have so not say it that way. And if I'm saying that too much, I got to walk away because why, why would I do that? You know, it's like the curriculum that I try with my kids that I got four lessons in and I'd spent 90% of my time correcting stuff that the curriculum said. And I'm like, Oh, I just can't use this. This is too much energy. This is too much. It's easier to just teach them what I think is right than to try and fix this. But there are a lot of songs and some songs that I love. I love the song. It's beautiful. It's an earworm. I'm going to be thinking about that song all day. And yet at the same time, I'm going, yeah, not really right. (laughs) Not totally spot on with the theology on that one. And there are a lot of songs because he's having a vision. But is it actually describing what's really happening in heaven all the time? Do you know what I mean? Like, is this a description of what the Lord is doing? Or are we capturing the description of a moment of an encounter that he had with the Lord that was teaching him something? I don't know because there are other descriptions of God doing other things. And so sometimes I find myself inside wrestling with a song and going, yes, that is a beautiful description of God, but, you know, and I, and this is a beautiful song and I, I like the point of the song, but very often, What and it's not even sometimes I don't even have a problem with the song so much as what people then go on to talk about the song or teach about the song or say about the song, as though the context for that verse is the song and not where it goes in scripture. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like when you take a piece of scripture out and you make a beautiful song about Mm it, suddenly the context of that verse for us becomes the song. Mm -hmm. And we can get some weird ideas from that. We have to put it back into scripture and keep the, have the context for that verse and the song be the word of God. And so, like I said, sometimes I think the songs are flat out wrong, but sometimes it's more that the the way I hear either teachers or even people talking about it. It's like, I don't think that's what that verse means. Well, I heard the song at this important time in my life, and it meant this to me. It's like, it's great that God's word encouraged you in that way. But let's not define it by us. Let's go back to the word. So this is the context for this picture. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. Okay, so where do we find that? We've encountered that a couple of other times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Revelation, you know, Elijah. The, well, now, but now instead of a description of them other than the wings, they're the seraphim. So. You know, it's, it's, we have more context for this. We, we know about these creatures. We know that this is what they do. And they cry out, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord of hosts. Are they in the same
3: place in Ezekiel and Revelation? They're in the throne room.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and, and at the same time, maybe because, you know, why does he not describe the faces? Well, because the wings are covering them.
3: Mm.
0: So in the other one, did they not see the wings? You know, which is why no one's vision of God is a complete vision of God. They're seeing the part. Um, oh, Sarah's asking which which songs. I, I don't remember the name of the song, though. Holy
1: uh, is the Lamb. As a Holy as the
0: Lamb is one. Uh-huh. um Call for this? Yeah, that these yeah. verses show up in. Oh,
2: uh, <clears> I can't remember the name of the other one.
0: uh the, you are high and lifted up. I know is one of them. Um, there's a couple there's of. There's one that
1: has The holy, holy, Yeah. Lord God, is our Lord. Lord God Almighty. Almighty. Yeah, it says the It's the
0: doxology. Yeah. It's the doxology <clears> that, <throat> well, that used why to why close I'm out verses.
1: What we listen to too,
2: like I remember we were doing a series of like the truth behind. Hip hop and about music like that and what's in it and stuff like that. But be careful. Of. But he also talked about be careful of of music that that lifts your faith up mm-hmm. because you'll be accepting doctrines that have nothing to do right. with the Sorry. Bible. Right. But you think you're okay because you're listening to a Christian song.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it is a verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But it's, but it's, yeah. That's what I, yeah, that's what yeah, I, was, I that's answered. what I say
0: about we've got to make sure that we remember that the context for the verse is the word of God, not the song.
2: But then the wrong context could get embedded in you through songs, so then it's hard for you to let that idea go when you're confronted with the truth. Well, and yeah.
0: And, and that's why, that's why, you know, scripture says be like the Bereans, take every thought back to the word of God and say okay where does this fit and and it, it it does make it sometimes hard to listen to songs but there are sometimes I'll be like yeah I don't totally agree with this song it's a good song you know yeah, right. and, <laughs> I, I agree words. with some of it and it's nice you know I'll
3: change the words to yeah. change the word. sing it right over no. yeah. yeah I have
0: <laughs> I, I wrote a beautiful a beautiful away in the manger that is all about it's set in Sukkot and not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so So holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Now let me see how I'm going to, I don't know if this is going to let me, where is it? Ah, Shoot. Okay. I've just got to make sure. I don't know why it's not doing. The whole earth is full. I don't know how to get this to in this the way that it's working to do this um no that's not what i'm going i have six one through three but this isn't letting me do this you know i'm going to try something real quick let me um well this no it's not the right thing let me take this back over here real quick and see if i can ah, Shoot, come back okay hold on let me take this off air I don't know where my cursor is. Okay, let me take it off air. And then I'm going to go to this. And here, let me pause this. Oh, we're back. First <laughs> four. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, "Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts." Okay, so when we talked before about the difference between um, prophecy and uh, Rakhakodesh, Rakha Kodesh being... Um, awareness of spiritual things, but different from prophets, from a prophetic experience in that the prophet tangibly experiences whatever's happening. Okay, it's why Daniel is, is not called a book of prophecy in Jewish text. Because Daniel had dreams and he was able to explain the dreams, or he was able to explain other people's dreams, um, but it was it was a supernatural understanding versus what the prophets experienced, which is I am standing in the throne room of God. I am very aware of where I am. So they actually I am. Went yeah, they actually well. It's not necessarily that they actually went there, but in, at the spiritual level, right. something, they experienced something tangible. They might feel in a different place. They might, it's when you smell something that is not there, it's, um, I get, and I kind of get it cause I've, I've done both, but it's like somebody can tell me a dream and it's like, I see the dream and I, but like, I see exactly what it means. And I'm able to tell them, but then there are other times where I'll meet someone and that there's a smell. And I've come over time to know that that smell is associated with certain sin. So I know right up front, this person deals with whatever. And I'm not surprised when I find out later that they do, because
3: that's that's the only
0: time I smell that smell. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's more tangible.
3: On this side in you
0: know, the physical. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's saying, I was standing before the throne room of God, but he's also in his house. Mm-hmm. It's like the two have joined together, like like the spiritual opened up in his home. And he's suddenly standing in the throne room of God in his house. Because the foundation, like he feels the ground shaking mm. with the voice. And the room is full of smoke. And he's seeing these creatures
3: in his room in, his so room, in the heaven throne, heaven throne
0: room of God. Heaven. Yeah. So did his room that's go to God? There. Did God come to his room? Is it, it just opened up together? Mm-hmm. But whatever it was, he's in the presence of God. And his response is, woe is me. Glory. For I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, it's one of those, is it woe is me because I have to die because I'm unclean and now I've looked on the Lord? (laughs) Or also, I mean, yes, but also, I think when you stand in the presence of God is when you become aware of how he is. You do not measure up yeah. to that standard. Yeah. You're standing, I mean, he's standing in the, this is a prophet of the Lord. Standing in fr- I mean, if anybody's part of the remnant. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. He- he's, yeah. he's, he's been found worthy of getting messages from God. And yet he stands in the presence of God and goes, <laughs> oh God. whoa. Whoa. I don't measure up. And this is one of those places where I get real, I, I've I've gotten really frustrated with a lot of the modern day teachings about prophets and the gift of prophecy. Because the more I have grown in understanding of, of the gift, the less I score high on the tests that try to determine whether you have it or not, because there are, always focused on God uses me to tell people where they're doing wrong. God uses me to take these messages to people, blah, 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 blah. You know, prophets lived for a long time and really the amount of writing that they did and the amount that we have recorded of what they did and where they went and what they said, not, they weren't out there every day. Columbia. There's a reason they lived off in the middle of nowhere on their <laughs> own. They didn't, they didn't want to deal with it. You know, I don't want to be around with people. If you, didn't, if you tell me I have to go tell somebody something, mm-hmm. I'll make the journey. But
3: the otherwise, <laughs> I'm just praying for it. Yeah. You know, I'll,
0: I, I might write it down. If you tell me to write it down, I'll write it down. Whatever. And there's, there's a, an understanding here of corporate sin, which we talk about at Yom Kippur. But... Why woe is him that he dwells in the midst of a people of unclean lips? Except that he's part of that community. And that community has big sin. And he's part of that community. You know, it's... When you're aware of things that other people are doing, it's not so you can go bully them into doing right. It, it should... You know, if they're doing something... Publicly, obviously, in your presence, you may have to say something. But even, you know, there is a corporate sin. And I think that what happens a lot of times is, you know, in, in modern Christianity, there's not really this understanding of corporate sin. But there, there's sometimes talk of this, um, well, it reflects on me. Or it, you know, this is people will think of our church, and they'll think of this person who's doing this, and so there's all of this. I got to go and make sure they're all doing right. And really, you know, Yeshua's like, yeah, that log in your eye should take all your time. I'm like, that's (laughs) you got plenty to do there. (laughs) You just keep busy on that. Yet at the same time, rather than feeling this need to go and tell everybody what they're doing wrong, there is this reality. That it should grieve us, you know. There's um, our reaction to things says something about us, not the other person. Says something about us. So I have to ask if somebody becomes aware of someone else's sin, and the response is, "Oh, I'm going to tell them what they need to do." That says something. Yeah, and yet if you find out about someone having sin, what is your first reaction? Does it grieve you? Mm-hmm. Are you grieved for them? Are, are, you, are you broken for them? Do you, why do you want to confront them if you do? Is it for your sake so you can go tell them how you know they're doing wrong, or is it for their sake so that you can try to woo them back to doing right? Because it's a different, it's totally different things. Yeah. And you approach it in totally different ways. And, and this is where I feel like so many people are, are like slightly sideways missing the heart of God. Especially when they read the prophets and they're like, see, God's saying they're doing all the wrong stuff. First, God is grieved. And then God waits a long time and sends encouragement and reminders and lets them go through experiences that are supposed to turn them back. Mm -hmm. Only when necessary does God call on a prophet to go and take a message. So when people are out, you know, and I, I know I've said before, when people are running, oh, I want to see what the prophet says, maybe not. Maybe if you need a prophet, God will send one and you should probably hope you never need one. You know, I really don't want the prophet. It's like the king is like, oh, he always says bad things. He never says what I want to hear. And, And not because I don't want that conviction, but please, Lord, let me hear from you. Let me be attuned to you. Let me not need a prophet to come and tell me that I'm doing wrong.
3: That means you've
0: been the Yeah, that means I've ignored a whole oh, lot of God, God, God trying to get my attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is also why if a prophet comes up and tells you something and you're like, "What?" You you don't know, just because they call themselves a prophet, you don't need to believe it. Right. They may not be a prophet of the Lord, and they may just be a scammer. I don't know. You know, maybe they're a prophet of something else, and you don't need to listen because if a prophet tells you something that's convicting, you already knew. You already knew you weren't doing it. Yeah. And you'll hear it and go, oh, <laughs> not, I mean, what? Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. hopefully. Yeah. But I mean, if you hear it and they go, and you go, that's out of left field. It, it's They're probably not hearing from God. Mm-hmm. Because.
3: Do you think that a prophet has to be the only one that prophesizes? I mean, because I know like the Lord tells me things about my, my kids. Right. And I mean, and and I wait a long time until he says, "Okay, you got to tell him." Like, okay, well, you you know, we you just yeah, well, him that God. is
0: Rahakodesh. That is that is what is called prophecy, but really is the Lord giving you words of knowledge. And 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 this is part of the thing is in the church we've confused those two things. Mm-hmm. People think that having the gift of prophecy means you know things about people, but when Paul is talking about life in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of Herak in the ancient Jewish mind was a, being in tune with God, having an awareness. He lets you know things about people. The prophecy, the gift of, of the, the office of prophet right. and the gift of prophecy really is that experiential okay. element to it. But But even with someone who has a word of knowledge... your kids know what they're doing. And if they know that God's word says something about it, they're very aware of whether they're in agreement with that in their actions or not. So it's, so at the point where God has you go and talk to them and knowing you tells you how to talk to them. Mm-hmm.
3: For two years. They're
0: not. Yeah. But they're, they're not going, what? what are you talking about? I'm not doing that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Right. You say, they know what they're do, doing. Yeah. Okay, and there there is a time when you be. I mean, this is why I think I think that the whole idea of Matthew eighteen, when you go to them alone and respectfully and privately, I think there is supposed to be a tone of, are you aware that? I mean, God's word says something about this. Have you considered that? Are you aware of that? Do you know that? Or if you know, the person knows that there is still that honor. That honor society respect of going privately and saying, mm-hmm. I know you're aware of this. I don't understand. This is what you're doing. This is how it's hurting me. But they know what they're doing. It's not like they're going to go, what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's, if somebody comes to you, it's also okay, just because somebody, honestly, Let's see, six words, the six words that most pastors have learned to ignore, God told me to tell you. Ninety <laughs> percent of the time you're about to hear what they want to tell you. But if they put God's word in front of it, you can't argue with God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and there is this weirdness, and we've talked about it with like the, the LA preachers where you know the, where he says by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and my own good common sense, I knew we were supposed to go do this. It's like, mm, not the same thing. That's wrong. Yeah. Stop saying that. No, you know, there was, there, there was a video, there was a news report this weekend. I'm, I'm no, we're recording. I'm going to say this, but there was a news report of this guy somewhere down South. I forget what, where it was. Um, who got called out on a as a tow truck for a woman who was a, a a woman with disability? She had a disabled placard hanging there. She was stuck on the side of the road, and when he showed up, she had a Bernie Sanders bumper sticker. So he left her there and said he wasn't towing her. What he her because
3: she had a sticker. Well,
0: no. Well, he yeah he came back. He said I I you I'm not going to tow you. And she, and she thought something was wrong with her. She's like, what's wrong with my car that you can't mm-hmm. tell me? And he's like, no, you're a Bernie Sanders supporter. And he wow. left. So in the interview, and you can see it online in the interview. And this was what upset me about it. And this was, I actually posted on Facebook about it. And this is why in the interview, he starts out saying something came over me in my heart. And I'm pretty sure it was the Lord telling me to leave and yeah. leave her there. Then later in the interview, he says, well, I've been burned by, you know, some Bernie Sanders supporters because they didn't pay me after I told them. And So which is it? Mm-hmm. Was it a monetary thing? Was it a prejudicial thing because you don't like Bernie Sanders? Or was it God telling you? Because when you lead with God told me, you better darn sure make God sure that God's telling you. Yeah. And God doesn't tell you to treat people that way ever. Well, he says he didn't know she was disabled, but even then he would have sat there. So she wasn't alone, but he wouldn't have told her. Wow. And so I I said something on Facebook and it, it wasn't very nice, but I basically said, let's get this clear. God will not ever tell you to act like a douche. (laughs) That is not God inspired. If you're being a jerk, don't give God glory for that exactly. because it makes uh, everyone like who it. says they love the Lord look bad. And it's it not that I, mind. you know, not that I care what some guys, but seriously, don't give God credit for your jerky behavior. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to be a jerk, be a jerk, whatever. If you don't think you're being a jerk when you do that, fine. It, it's a free world. Do it. But giving God glory for it.
1: Well, I just put you in my mind. Yeah,
0: him and that is my heart breaks for him because how disconnected from God are you that you think they, they, that right. welling up anger in your heart that says I'm not towing this person God. is God?
3: Yeah,
0: who is your God? That's
3: exactly. I to okay. say it's his God, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, gonna
0: that's gonna what God wants me to do. No. No, and what really breaks my heart is that somewhere along the line he's encountered some teachers who told him that that's who God is, and somewhere along the line he's skipped huge portions of the text in the book. If right. So so on the like yes, I feel angry towards him, but then the more I meditate on it, I feel heartbroken yeah. for him because he doesn't have an understanding of the God of Scripture. So Isaiah's response here is, woe is me. I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me. Having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. So He, it. In his hands.
3: he took it with tongs and it in his hands.
0: Yeah. yeah. And he touched my mouth and, be, and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. Yeah. So there's this beautiful picture here of of God being a refining fire that the coal from the altar purifies him. And you know this this that it it burns off the sin. And this is one of those beautiful things that you can experience in a prophetic experience. That you probably would not want to have really happen. (laughs) Because it's not. That's how you know it's not a physical. You know. But it, it burns off the sin. Your sin is atoned for. Okay. Now. Keeping in mind also. Isaiah is writing these things. Years before. Messiah. And these are some of the things that. That challenge any effort to bridge that gap between traditional Jew and, and you know, Christianity or even Messianic believer is when we talk about things, like, you know, when people say, well, you couldn't get saved till the New Testament. No, talked about in the same way in the old, not always translated the same way, but the words are the same. And right here, Isaiah is told your sin is atoned for. That that's kind of right there.
3: Yeah,
0: he's good. You know, is he fully aware? And Isaiah, you know, there's a lot of the messianic understanding, a lot of the words that the New Testament writers, a lot of the texts that they reference, is from Isaiah. So he had a deeper understanding than most, even in Old Testament times of what was coming. But we don't know if he's had that understanding yet. Right. You know, we can't, it's very important not to assume that this is, we know when this vision happened, but sometimes compared to other untimed writings, you know, do we have them in the right order? I don't know. Did they get copied, you know, as they found the scrolls. Mm -hmm. But at this point, back with King Uzziah, He's he's atoned for his guilt is taken away.
3: Well, it's just like when I was telling you about um, when I went to the um, seder, the woman seder. Yeah. And I was sitting next between two women. My friend who invited me was over here, and I was sitting by a woman who was. They're all Jewish. Mm-hmm. And the one woman is like, "Don't tell Sue, but I used to be a, be with juice of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right." <laughs> I'm like okay. So I'm going tell. Okay. <laughs> and the other woman on the other side, like, so is this your first date? I was like, no. I said I actually went to one before. I, at the She said, oh, so you're a New Testament believer, huh? Yeah.
0: And I was
3: like, yeah, in the Old Testament too. I said, all yeah, the, the Old same Testament book? too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Usually,
0: if somebody says New Testament believer, they just mean they don't look at the Old Testament, right? So I'm like. Oh, so she said, um, she said
3: something. It's the prequel about <laughs> Passover. You know what Passover means? I was like, yeah. I said, when when the Israelis, because they, they, yeah. they didn't Jews, I'm like, all of them all yeah. the whole left. Were, we're free from Egypt and, and you know, the exodus and this and that. Yeah. And she goes like, yeah, the Passover. I said, yeah, on the door. I said, then Joshua is our Passover lamb. Joshua, Jesus, that crazy man.
0: She wow. said, he's
3: not even in the Old Testament. I said, he's the Passover lamb. He's yeah. the Passover lamb. And then she started going, I was like, okay, and I just turned it, turned it all and yeah. was like, I'm not going to even go yeah. it's all over the Old Testament oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and she was like, is that crazy? Man. and I, I felt anger I, I coming, I told my daughter I felt a spirit of holy slapping coming on me, but I withdrew I,
0: yeah, because yeah. that's not going to bridge that's yeah. not going to bridge yeah. you know, Bill Bill knew um, when Bill worked at Estrella Foothills he, he he's got he has this gift of of uh, <sighs> What is it? What is it? What, comfy? Evangelism. No. Being confused. I I comfy. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, he is comfy. Um, but one of the first people he talked to was a Jewish woman. And she was just, oh, you know, ah, he's this, he's that. I ah, he can't be Jewish. Believing in Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And a bunch of other teachers ended up getting saved over the time he was there. And then one of the last things, in fact, when he came home and told me this, I said, you know you're not going to be there long. Because she was finally talking to him, and he said, just go read Isaiah 53. So she came back after the weekend, and she said, if that's who you're talking about, I can believe in him.
3: Wow.
0: It's just all the other stuff I was told. And he goes, yeah, throw that out. Most of it's wrong. Uh
3: Just believe what you read in
0: it. Right, Mm -hmm. right. But when we don't have an understanding of the fact that there was atonement in the old Testament. And and one of the things that like a lot of stuff that the last 10 years, really trying to understand the foundation for a lot of what Paul said from his, from being a Pharisee of Pharisees, what did he understand? What had he been taught? What did he know? Really coming to see how messed up our descriptions of stuff, is and and one of the things that i that i really have found is when the messianic community uses traditional christian evangelistic tactics Mm -hmm. to go to jews they'll have a certain amount of success from the same kind of people that you'll you'll be able to get to In 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 the world because you know you'll 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 tap into a need that they have and you know you'll be able to show them some things but they're usually not the very religious people to begin with yeah and when you encounter those who are studied who know what the Old Testament says and you start saying stuff that's crazy Mm -hmm. they know it's crazy and you're not you're not going to get a positive response because it's crazy (laughs) so if you start saying well there is no atonement until after this time, they're thinking, really? Pretty sure Isaiah was told he had atonement. If you start saying, well, that was temporary atonement that they had in the Old Testament because it came from killing the animals. No, the atonement didn't come from killing the animals. It was it was kinesthetically having them do things to learn mm-hmm. lessons. But the atonement never came from the dead animals. It was a picture. And by remembering and by doing this picture, one of the ways I've I've explained to people, because they say, we don't need that now. We don't, we're beyond that. It's like, be careful. (laughs) Because I said, if you have a child who's born blind and they can't see the love in your eyes, or let's say, let's say, I think to my dad said, they were born deaf. So they can't hear your words. Of love you're gonna come up with rituals you're gonna come up with things you do ways you look at them ways you touch them you're gonna write notes to each other you're gonna do different things Well, let's say they have a surgery and then they can hear do you abandon all of those other things or are those part of your relationship with them that now you've added the element of being able to speak the words because those those things that you did before will always speak love to that child and and they will understand in fact they'll be able to understand your words of love because they've experienced the acts of love and and that's how i look at at the sacrifices and the different rituals that they were told to perform. It was a, it was a way that allowed them to kinesthetically connect. And, and very often in the, church, the churches that say, oh, none of that applies anymore. Well, then they're stuck with trying to come up with rituals. We're gonna make our worship service go this way, or we're gonna do this. They're trying to create those experiences right. when there's perfectly good ones. Doesn't mean those are bad. But why are you ignoring these beautiful things when you're trying to do what those beautiful things were intended to do? So he's atone, he receives atonement and then he's commissioned from the Lord.
3: So those so the, Is- the Israelis that are, that are Orthodox Jews, they do know that there was atonement in the Old Testament?
0: Yeah. And And I mean, and it's the same as, you can't say that every Orthodox Jew understands this, that, and the other, just like you can't say every whatever understands. But I have found a lot of times if you take away the loaded cultural words, Mm -hmm. you, you reach that place of agreement. Kind of like when Paul was at the Areopagus and he was saying, I know you worship all of these gods, but this god. The God of the unknown, the God that you don't know his name, the God who's above all these other gods. This is who I'm talking about. Okay, He didn't come in and tell them, your culture's all messed yeah. up and you're wrong. You got to come over and do it this way. You got to understand that this is the way it's supposed to be done. Don't, you know, you're wrong. for. He went in and said, the one you're trying to get to, the one you're trying to understand, that's who I can tell you about. He's above all the others. So and, they oh. and, right. and they went, oh, right. And it's, them down. right, right. And it's not coming and saying, you're doing it all wrong. He's coming because they're, they're doing what they were taught right. to do. That was their culture. It's not like a Roman woke up one day and said, maybe I will believe all these things. You know, I mean, it's what they were steeped uh-huh. in. It's what they knew. So through that, he was able to show them. So... It's, it's a very different, when you have an understanding, if you want to communicate with people from a certain background, you got to have an understanding of the background, or you're going to be offending them left, right, and center. You know, if, if you know, and it's any, any community, any culture, and, and really any person, because you don't know their story. That's why, just because you're aware of a sin for someone, you know, doesn't mean that you need to go in and. I'll gangbuster them and tell you what you're doing wrong. Really? Who do you think you are? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do you get to tell me it's wrong? And this is the problem when within the church, people think that they're supposed to go tell the unsaved what they're doing wrong. The unsaved never signed up for it. They never said, this is what I want to live by. They didn't take it upon themselves. You can't force them to. The more you try to force, the more they're going to resist it. Because to them, it will feel like bondage. To them, it will feel like a heavy burden because they've not embraced it themselves. And we don't have, and this is what Yeshua kept telling the Pharisees. Stop putting a burden on people. Stop heavy, you know, putting these heavy things on them that, are, that aren't that are even, God's, God's law is light and easy to carry. It's a joy for those who embrace it and understand it. If you don't embrace it and understand it, it's a, burden. It's a big burden. And it gets really confusing. And, and where the hypocrite accusation comes in and is 100% correct is when people who reject the Old Testament want to go and make other people live by it.
3: <laughs>
0: what? What? <laughs> well, it doesn't apply to me because I have Jesus, but it applies to you. <laughs> no! <laughs> what What's the sanity? heck? It is insanity, it and is people it. are right to refuse yeah. it.
1: That's yeah. so like the meme that I saw with like, this Hillbilly family or something, and they're like in the car and it goes, Jesus followed all the rules, thought I don't have to. It was like this guy. I'm right. like, oh my gosh, why did not have that? But yeah. And I was like,
0: that is kind of what they're saying. Though. Oh, it is? No, that's what, but that's what they'll say. That's what it means to fulfill. He, he did it all perfectly. And that's when I stop and go, really? Was he a woman? I'm like, what? I'm like, well, there's laws for women. So if he didn't do those, did those go away? Did he serve as a priest in the temple? Because if he didn't do those, your theory starts to fall apart. So maybe that's not quite what it meant. And and again, nobody has to. People, you know, well, you're going back under the obligation and burden of the law. No, no, not back under anything. Nobody was ever obligated. Nobody ever had to. It's always been offered to you. Well, that's, that's just
1: like, I, I was like, I forgot who I was talking to, but I was like, there's a sign on the highway that says 65. You don't have to go 65, right. but don't expect for there not to be consequences when you go. Know right, Exactly. You and I was like, or even under. Like, like, yeah, if you're going too low. It was in Nevada or somewhere, and it might have been around Vegas or somewhere. She said she was. And she was actually doing the speed limit and got pulled over. And the cop was like, if you don't go faster around here, you'll get ran over. Because they were like, out here, you gotta go got
0: to go. My brother got stopped in California. And he's like, I was doing the speed limit. He goes, yeah, you're going to get in an accident. Yeah. You need you need to, you're, you're stalling traffic.
1: Yeah. Yep. So because it's, it's like, yeah. So, so, so either traffic. way. Right. There are some consequences some kind of a way. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, But I mean, he, he didn't suggests, get a ticket because
0: no. he was going the speed limit, right. but... You know I mean?
1: Right. So it's like, yeah. okay, this is suggested, but that doesn't mean you have to. But also don't expect there not to be... But then people say the
2: most random things. Like, this guy was asking me about my... And I was like, I believe in the in the whole Bible. You know? Yeah. All of, it. Out any parts, all of it. And he's like, so you walk around cutting people's hands off and and,
0: so if, <laughs> yeah.
2: and I'm like, gosh, how do I respond? I'd be like, wow,
0: have you, read you actually read it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> an album. eye for and so nine. I well, I was an in the eye for yeah. To the hand for, if your hand's doing wrong, cut off the other hand. But this is... Don't and tell your right hand with your left hand doing. You know, he's like, in the way he's interpreting it, I'm like, there's no never. possible way at work I can break this down to you.
0: It's like the man who freaked out at my friend and I because we went out with a group to eat and we were vegan and he starts freaking out that now he can't order meat cause we're weak Christians. And I was like, Whoa, wait, back wait. up. Been
1: so confused.
0: Uh, you know, and, and it is. Where do where do I start with you? You know, well,
2: for real, it's like, yeah. especially if you don't have the time, you're like, where do I start? Yeah, right. exactly.
0: But, yeah. but that's, yeah. that's what's so interesting. There are a lot of conversations I end up in online where people are, you know, this, 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 and they're like, well, that's because that doesn't apply. And I'm like, wait a second. I actually believe all of that still applies, but let me share with you how it was actually applied because that is why I don't go yelling at those people because I've actually studied the context of that and how it was understood and how it was done and how it was handled. And that's why I feel very strongly we have no right to be doing that. Mm -hmm. Not because it doesn't even because, you know, on the other side is, but we don't, they don't have to do, nobody has to do anything. they <laughs> I don't judge them because I understand the context. The more I have come to believe that it all still applies, the more gracious it has allowed me to be. And it's why most Jews you meet are not going to get in your face about what you're doing. Orthodox and Hasidic Jews, Whatever. That's your thing. Do it, whatever. Not my business. And in fact, most Jews in general—if you meet them, you know—and and you know—in in fact, uh, it, I think it may have been because she was at Passover that she had that reaction to you. Mm-hmm. But most Jews, you know, yeah, I'm messing on it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's your thing, okay, that's you know, and and they go on. Yeah. yeah. They're like, whatever.
3: That's not my friend. The one who brought me here is.
2: I know one woman gave me a one Jew Orthodox Jew I said mentioned Messianic. She looked at me like her eyes got really wide, like you know. But she didn't. She didn't because
0: they're waiting for you to start trying to convert them. So they're a little on the defensive, but they're not gonna. Yeah. walk
2: off after that. Okay.
0: Yeah, but they're not going to get in your face, you know. And I, I don't think it's too much to ask that we not go attacking people. <laughs> you know because when they when they stand in the presence of the Lord, they get it. Yeah. I'm not the Lord.
1: Well, it's like if you're not personally convicted, then you're not going to be convinced. Right. You're just going to feel condemned. Right. So why make them feel condemned? And like he went with when we
2: had that conversation about the holiday, like but it's like, well, yeah, and he's not personally like I was our cousin sent out some kind of announcement about she's no longer celebrating pagan holidays. Including Mother's But it mother. sparked a conversation <laughs> between me and Tanya and was like, okay, and, you know? <laughs> like,
0: yeah!
1: But the thing, the only part that got me but was... I, was just like, I, I was like, everybody's at where
2: they're at. Right. Level, so just leave them alone where they're at
1: and they'll, they'll get where... Well, but what I didn't going. understand, my point of view from it was, you're announcing this as if we do and we're going to be, like, some type of a missing you there or something. I'm like, we've been not. So Uh if you're not, then hey, cool, yeah. You're on the same page. Yeah. not, like, a public service announcement. Like, I'm not, because y'all are. I'm going to tell you why you're
0: all wrong, because I've learned not to do this. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very hard, and it's, we're all in process, and we're all on the journey, and, you know, sometimes somebody falls off their yoga mat and hits you, whatever. You know, it's. (laughs)
2: <laughs> like how you were saying you know you go through transitions and then you're like it it sometimes it hurts because you know you're going somewhere that people won't that certain people you love or care about won't be able to go yeah too because they don't have the level of understanding that you have and then on on one hand that's okay and then on another hand it's like first sad sad sad, yeah because you're going somewhere that they can't go right
0: well Sarah Sarah just asked isn't one part of Jewish culture that they're more like oh if you're lost you're lost and kind of but it's yeah it's more that you know Yeshua talks about the evangelistic efforts of the Jews how they would go to foreign nations mm-hmm. to help people convert but then once they converted then they would put this heavy burden on them and he was challenging how they were doing it And I think part of, of that perception now with Judaism is because modern Judaism is as young as modern Christianity. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more that my understanding is more that rabbis today see their job and their primary responsibility as keeping the community together while they're not in Israel. And very often what they'll actually say is they believe that God can work things out with each person, just like he did with Abraham. They, they don't feel an obligation to their culturally and, and doctrinally, they don't feel an obligation to get people saved. They believe that's God's responsibility. It's their job to keep the community together in diaspora And, and not, um, not leave people without a cultural community. Mm. And so it's a very different approach and you kind of can see it in different churches. Some churches are more about providing the community for the Mm. people who are there. And some are more about, we got to get everybody saved. And you see denominationally the differences that that creates. And, and unfortunately there are often these lines, sometimes the communities that are more about keeping the community together and meeting cultural needs have, aren't evangelistic because they've abandoned a lot of those beliefs or the need for those things, but not always. Sometimes it's more of a, your job as believers is to go out and share your faith right. with others. Right. We'll Our shine. job as the church is to provide community and, and keep you connected and, and meet your needs. And, and so, I mean, it's just, there's very different communities that you encounter. It's just, I think in general, because, you know, Judaism is is the one nation that has kept a national identity, even when they didn't have a country, mm-hmm. like for all of time. And that's yeah. that's a very unique situation. And I think that a lot of that is because of that shift in perspective that, that the leadership took of it's our job to keep them together. So, um, so going on to the, to the verses, it says, I heard the voice of the Lord. So he's just been at home (coughs) and he says, whom the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am. Send me. And he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. So that's the end of the quote of what to tell them. Okay? Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Okay, now, he's not telling Isaiah, confuse the people. Go confuse them. Don't let them understand the truth. That's what
1: it seems like.
0: So it seems like with the way that that it's translated there. And, in fact, let me um, actually had wanted to go...
2: A lot of things has to do with grammar too, like where you place commas and, right. and quotation marks, because when they found scripture, they didn't have they didn't have yeah, the verses have, and, the yeah, and the punctuation and right. Like they did. So if you read it, there's this um, one teacher who reads it just flat out. Yes, with no punctuation, nothing. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. if I, I would have, then if I would have put a comma right here and a period right here. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and and lots of lots of pieces of text, the the nice little subject dividers they give us. Mm-hmm. If you start a couple of verses earlier, it says something completely different. And I mean, seriously, even with this this app, and I love this app because it it makes for some beautiful, easy put together stuff. But very often when I'm pulling the text in there's different names for how it's divided and it'll divide the text up in different combinations depending on what tone you want to present the scripture. I choose what what like one of the one of the chapters that we did recently was one of the earlier Isaiah chapters. It was either you know God instructs these people or like God instructs the women or broken up slightly differently. It was Mm -hmm. the women lead Mm -hmm. Israel astray. You know, it was like, (laughs) Whoa. Okay. So we can, you know, I tried, I tried to divide it up the way that I understand the text to be communicating and the message that I believe he's, he's giving. But, um, you know, honestly, it is it is with that division. So I wanted to come here though and see six, eight through ten. Um, they have go and say to this people, "Indeed, you hear this." And this is a this is a different translation, okay? The, and this is with Rashi's commentary. But this translation on Chabad.org says, and he said. Go and say to this people, indeed you hear, but you do not understand. Indeed you see, but you do not know. Which is a little bit different.
3: Oh, yes. Big difference.
0: You know, it's not this taunting, keep on seeing, but don't perceive. It's you know, and you're refusing you are rejecting, which really fits what's coming a lot more than I'm draw. You know, I'm making it where you can't see. Yeah. Keep on trying, keep on looking, but you're not gonna see. Yeah. Which is the guy that I grew up with. Right. I like I
3: always, miss God's mysterious. You never know. I mean, and he might that's
0: trap it. you up, but that's because yeah. you got off the path. <laughs> and, How do I stay on the path? I'm mm-hmm. so confused. And constantly shifting, you know. <laughs> where can I? Do, where can I know what the path is? Oh, if you have the Holy Spirit, you'd know. You know. <laughs> oh, but not there. That was wrong. <laughs> so then he says, in ten, instead of Yeah, and then he says, this people's heart. Is becoming fat which so is really interesting because if you think about like what causes heart attacks yeah, it's
3: on your heart. yeah yeah
0: this people's heart is becoming fat and his ears are becoming heavy if you think about like heavy with wax okay, and his eyes are becoming sealed lest he see with his eyes and hear with his ears and his heart understand and he repent and be healed. It's a really very different tone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And if, and if but I know, see a lot of that, though. And yeah. So, yeah, so,
3: yeah. That's,
2: why people don't, that's why it's hard to be divided. For like yeah.
3: 10 years, I couldn't even be divided. Well, and
0: even, and even lest he see, it sounds like he's saying otherwise he'd see. But really what he's saying is otherwise he would understand. Mm-hmm. Otherwise he would be doing it. And this is, you know, we've talked before about the whole idea of the eyes as the window to the soul, that dim eyes have a dark soul because the light can't get in. Yeah. So his eyes are becoming sealed. His heart's heavy with fat. His ears are plugged. His eyes are closed. Otherwise, he would do different. So. Here, over to Here. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, which is interesting because that's his tithe, mm-hmm. the remnant is a tithe. Though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. So I wanted to come down here, and he says, in, in this translation, he's, and I said, until when, O Lord? And he said, until cities be desolate without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the ground lies waste and desolate. And, um... In Rashi's commentary, it's interesting. Until when, he says, "Will they make their heart heavy and not listen. And he said, I know that they will not repent until retribution comes upon them and they go into exile and the cities will be desolate without inhabitants. Mm-hmm. So that's Rashi's understanding of that, that God's saying, I know that's how far it has to go. Yeah. Yeah. Not because God wants it. Yeah.
2: Like that's what it's going to take. take. So this is still a picture of what has yet to
0: come? At this time, yeah, yeah. I mean, like for now, for today. Um, this is actually talking about uh, the land, the people, you know, the Jewish people going into diaspora, where they yeah. were sent out of the land. Yeah. Okay. So, so which, yeah, so this has happened at that time. Um, right. This isn't something yeah. still coming for us at this. And now, at the well, same see, time. You know, some stuff is dual. Sometimes.
2: It's right. About
0: that
2: period of time and what's going to happen, and then you read in the Bible what happened repeat that history of pieces thing.
0: and then yeah like so then maybe there's i yeah like i this is definitely for that time i think if if you take a reference for now it will be that very often we are also the stubborn
3: mm-hmm.
0: and that whatever's exactly. going to come isn't going you know they're not going to get it until they everything's desolate yeah. it won't look the same there you know yeah. it's not the being sent out but it's you know
2: like in your own personal life.
0: And I get, I get frustrated because people say, oh, somebody sometimes they have to learn the hard way. And yet that I have come to understand that there's a difference between what we often talk about as learning the hard way and what God talks about as mm-hmm. learning the hard way. I have to learn by doing. I have to make the mistakes to understand why this isn't a mistake and how the, like with sewing, I have to, I, when I'm trying a new pattern, sometimes I have to rip it apart three times. Yeah. Now it's gotten better the more I've been sewing. But when I finally did Fiona's first leotard, I literally had to remake it three times.
1: That's like a
0: crochet. Yeah. yeah. You got to rip it. Yeah. Get, it. It
1: the Technically that's. Like, Where did I drop a stitch at? Because it starts to. And technically, that's that's
0: learning the hard way. Mm -hmm. Learning by doing and making mistakes. That's a good thing. God gives us lots of room to learn the hard way. That's different than not learning the hard way. Mm -hmm. Because these people are not learning. They are not wanting to learn. They are shut off to it. So learning the hard way is not a problem. Because you're learning. But we discourage people from making mistakes when we talk about that. Yeah. And sometimes, especially some of us more than others, we have to learn by making mistakes. It's how we understand why the other thing isn't a mistake. Mm
3: Yes, like as parents, that's why sometimes it's hard to that our kids make mistakes and it's like sometimes we have to let them right they have to you know
0: especially because if we don't they don't the, re, they don't they ever don't grow. really learn they
3: don't grow, right? and
0: that's condition. why the Shema is here understand obey the learning the hard way takes place in the understanding part mm-hmm. and when they understand then they can obey mm-hmm. if we want blind obedience we don't want understanding right exactly. and we confuse the two well if right. they're obeying they understand no no nope, they've just learned what to do
3: yeah
0: yeah. And so when the push comes to shove and there's not a benefit for doing that,
3: yes,
1: not they won't.
0: Because right. they never embraced it. They never internalized it.
1: Seriously, it's fine. I just watched them
0: jump
1: on the house. I said, what did you want to Shouldn't jump on the couch?
0: Probably shouldn't do that. Yeah,
1: but it was funny because maybe I should jump on the probably gonna have to fall again
0: because
1: that. Yeah, probably a three times. Yeah, yeah. He
0: didn't get it yet. Then
1: <laughs> the next time he hits his head, he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna."
0: Uh, I, say I should probably I'm not do, do that anymore. Know. But that's the end. <laughs> that's the end of the text. So, so uh, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot in there to think about. And and a lot of just I I feel like so much of of the church wants wants to send prophets out with the translation of you know go to, well you're not learning you're not gonna learn obviously you're gonna learn the hard way and I think God wants to call us to a prophecy of compassion a prophecy that says and and that allows people see this is the problem with the world too. If the church tries to go to the world and demand that they act according to the Old Testament that they've rejected, you know, if the church has rejected the Old Testament but wants to go tell the world they have to live according to it, it's creating this weird dynamic with people.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like a parent a child, don't do Yeah, do as, I, as, I, say, do as I say, not as, as I, I do. I do. Yeah. You should never smoke cigarettes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Your children, yeah. they're looking going, Why are you trying to hold me to stuff you say doesn't apply?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: well, it applies to you, but not to me, because nah, I have I'm Jesus. Gonna, now, gonna, if you want to have I'm Jesus, gonna. then you I can go know. ahead and do it. Well, no, because your thing makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah,
1: I had to start changing my lingo when I talk to them because I go, Don't say that word. And I shouldn't say it either. So we're both gonna work on yeah, it. Yeah, we're both gonna work on it. <laughs> but I look at me like, what do you mean? i just heard because she goes, Mom.
0: No! Stop! Oh, I should not say that either.
1: You know what? I'm not going to say that
0: anymore. Let's make a patent. It's teaching and learning.
1: But right,
0: but but when we go to the world, when we understand that some people in the world, and some people in the church, Mm -hmm. and some people in our lives aren't going to learn until they go. It's it's the idea. In recovery, of letting people hit their rock bottom and not enabling them.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. If we're afraid of them suffering the consequences of their choices, we prevent them learning. Exactly. We prevent them getting to that point that they need to get to. Right. And it Absolutely. is hard to step back and let it happen, but that is love.
1: But that's what God does. That's we're what we're God, doing and doing that's that what God's bad. saying yeah, here. Too,
0: He's okay. saying, I know they're not going to learn until this happens. Yeah. So go tell them it's time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's really what... So those people who are going to possibly get it before it... Yeah. That have makes, that last chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not spraying it on him. Go tell the people, mm-hmm. I know this about you, and it's time. And there will be some who go, maybe I don't want to go through that. I have no you know? That. <laughs> maybe I, I, have a brick wall maybe I can... Oh, no. Let me explore my options, okay? So God sends that. That's compassion. That's grace. He doesn't have to do that.
3: Right,
0: But what's about to come isn't punishment. It's the natural consequences they have been running towards, and he is not going to block it anymore. And that is such a different heart of God than what a lot of us were taught. He is not the angry God of the Old Testament. He is the patient, long suffering, gracious, always faithful God. Because even when this happens, He has not abandoned them. And He's only letting it happen so that they can learn and come back. He's letting them hit their rock bottom.
1: like I've had those moments, and then I'm like, and I'll sit down because it means in, God knows you're and ready. Be like, and you know, or why'd you do this to me, or something? Mm-hmm. And He'd be like, I did, and then
0: I have to think, like, like oh, I did this. The... I maybe did this all you know, myself. I am a master. I, I am a master of orchestrating chaos in my own life. <laughs> <laughs> and, I and I have to turn. blew
1: through. My wife
0: when we turn it over <laughs> to the Creator, I mean, if you think about it, we're all just spiritual episodes of hoarders. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> we gotta have God come in yeah.
2: and clean it, and out. throw
0: all the trash away. Yeah. And sh- and but we have got it just like on the show. They make the person engage with it. Yeah. They do because if you throw it away, they're gonna panic and go pull it out of the trash yeah. cans. And then, and,
3: then
2: and
1: then they'll be like, "Can yeah. you can you part from this? And can Mark you let this go and, and go over and what if they the can they let him go.
0: right They let them keep it yeah. Yeah. unless it's like a cat skull or something. Like, like yeah. you can't keep that, but yeah. you know. But it's, but it's also God is incredibly gracious because He does not film and air our episode of hoarders in a one-hour <laughs> trauma. You know, He's He's gracious and gentle and private and gives us opportunity after opportunity, and 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 yet one of the things we hoard is the right to not do that to other people. And frankly, until we let go of that, it becomes very hard for us to focus on our own. Because we've got plenty, we've each got plenty to keep us busy for the rest of our life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And frankly, one of the things that I found myself thinking in response to the, to the news thing I was telling you about is when you're really a Christian, you shouldn't have to tell people. And they shouldn't know it because you're yelling at them about what they're doing wrong. They should know it because you're focusing on you doing what's right. Mm-hmm. You, ha, you know, have a goal of not ever having to tell anyone you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And just focus on how you live. Mm-hmm. And you will be a bigger testimony mm-hmm. than you can imagine. Because people will come and ask, why are you doing And you can say, because I love Yeshua and this is how he told me to live. And then they want to know more. Because if you're doing that, your life will have order and peace. Mm -hmm. You'll be loving them. Mm -hmm. They will feel convicted in your presence, but not condemned. Right. Because you're not speaking judgment at them. But they'll become aware of things in their life that aren't right. Just because... You being there means the Holy Spirit's there. That's
3: that saying. Go out and evangelize when necessary. Use words. Right, right. Say it again. Go out and evangelize the unnecessary. Use words. Yeah. Your life should be.
2: That's
0: the first thing. Okay, wait a minute. (laughs) You do this every weekend. So I'm going to go ahead and do the blessing and turn off the recording. But. I'm not, this is all this technology. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Amen.